you gotta give up. Uh, 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 the funky rhythm. Uh, uh, uh. Let me take you on a trip. Let me take you on a ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Report Podcast, episode 242. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking about video games. Have not been playing too many of them myself, though. <laughs> Mostly just multiplayer updates in terms of what I've been personally playing, and unfortunately, nothing really new. God Eater 3, that's still happening. We're on the final mission of the main story. Who can say about the DLC missions? We'll probably play the DLC missions as long as there's like some substantial story content around them. If there's not, I I at least will probably vote to just end it there and just move on. I am really kind of done with God Eater 3. I love God Eater 1. God Eater 2 is pretty all right. There are good things about God Eater 2. God Eater 3, there, there are definitely good things about God Eater 3, but I think I'm just, the overall package just did not impress me. And, and I've been waiting for the game to end for, I think after the first like five to 10 hours, I was just like, I'm ready for this to be done. And I think we're at like 35 hours now. So not like super long. It's not like some big long RPG, or at least it's definitely significantly shorter than the first two games. That's for sure. Admittedly, the first two games I played were the PS4 remake. So they had extra content added in and all that stuff. So they are more than just that one game. Like in the case of the first game, I think there's like three or four different content packs in there. So anyways, you know, I'm glad it's it's shorter and that we're hopefully wrapping up and moving on again. Don't know how much DLC there is, but I'm hoping not much. I just want to kind of move on to a different game at the moment. Um, we also played a little bit of Strange Brigade. Again, nothing really new there. Strange Brigade still being Strange Brigade. That game, you know, as fun as it is as like a co-op four-player, um, I don't know if you'd call it like Left 4 Dead style. It's more, I guess it's like mostly zombies, but like the, the play style feels very different. Um, it plays maybe like a like a poor man's Uncharted, maybe. I say as somebody who's only ever played the multiplayer for Uncharted. Uh, but I I think that the that it's fine. The fine across the board. Now let's talk about video games that matter. Good video games that cannot run properly. <laughs> um, the first soldier, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, so they released two patches this week. Um, this is that Battle Royale Final Fantasy if you're just joining in for some reason. And the first patch seems like a, basically a balance change. The biggest change that's noticeable is that they nerfed fire quite a bit. It's a lot harder to like kill somebody with fire where beforehand it was very overpowered and everyone was just throwing fire all the time. It seems like people are definitely using fire significantly less so. I think they may have over nerfed it. So I think there's a little correcting that can be done, but we'll see how it goes. Um, but I, 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 I think it largely was a good move that they changed fire. The weird thing to me in this version is they're like, okay, we're still working on performance and stability. And uh, admittedly, I have not had it crash since the, they patched um, the, with the stability stuff in mind. Uh, admittedly, it's also only been one night. However, the game after this patch ran significantly worse for me. And maybe just this night it was working up or whatever. Maybe something was going on with my phone. But man, the frame rate was like not... It's it's been worse, but this time around it was back to like I cannot 
fight very well because the game is just being so choppy. And I tried queuing trios, tried queuing trios on local server rather than overseas. I tried queuing solo. Every single one was performing consistently rough. I closed the game, relaunched the game. Either way, did not solve the issue. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Don't know if that's something with like just my phone being weird right now or if that is like them re-tinkering with, with the game to try to prevent it from crashing. And 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 the result was that the performance dropped. I am running on high quality, I will say, but I'm also using like a, a Samsung Galaxy S21. So I would at least somewhat expect that it should be able to run on high quality settings. I did not drop the the um, quality settings to improve the, the look. Although I will say, I need to go back and compare. I feel like the game looks muddier after this update too. So I wonder if they dropped like the graphical fidelity like across the board to also try to manage the game's resources a bit more. So I feel like the game just kind of looks a little rougher for some reason. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just crazy, but I feel like it just is... is weird so you know hopefully that addresses the crashing but you know i would rather the game per periodically crash than constantly have frame rate issues so um i'm doing the dailies right now for their event that's going on it's not really anything special and i might like drop the dailies once the um the event like runs its course essentially i think i've gotten all the major rewards for the event so i'm just like whatever it's fine um so we'll see but i i don't think i have a lot of enthusiasm to play a ton more of this event because it's really just like hey you get like bonus rewards for um getting a lot of kills and then if you rank high enough you get like a special reward at the end but i know i'm never gonna play like enough of that game to reach whatever you know minimum level of ranking you have to to get whatever those items are it's just something i'm not spending a lot of time on right now so it has been interesting, like with the season pass specifically, though, and building levels that it does kind of change how you play the game a little bit um, because it does like give you particular tasks. And when a game like Apex, where they give you like those daily challenges or like use a submachine gun, use a shotgun, things like that, um, it definitely feels similar to that style. Um, but I feel like in the ca case of Apex, it really only changes like what character you use and what weapons you use. In the case of Final Fantasy, um, um, the first soldier it feels like it can change how you play the game sometimes. Um, whether that be, you know, telling you to use vehicles, you know, opening certain treasure chests or things like that. It, it feels like there's a real change to actually how you're you're moving around the map and how you're kind of engaging in a round. Um, it's made some fun rounds where like, it's like, oh, you got to open like eight supply crates. So you just spend a good chunk of the time of the round just like going around on a motorcycle, opening as many supply crates as you can. Not that it's that hard. You can even drop in areas that have plenty of supply crates. But depending on when you're landing, you know, you may not necessarily get them. Or if you're like, in, like landed and you're engaging with somebody and then a bunch of crates were open because other players were opening them, that that can kind of get in the way of that. So it's not like that different from how Apex handles those kind of like daily challenges, but it's a little bit different in the way that I feel like this game in general is just kind of a little bit different overall, which kind of makes it stand out and everything. So unfortunately, that's all I've really played this week. Uh, a good chunk of this week was spent on me trying to set up um, the, the new PC and get everything ready to go. Um, this podcast is literally the last thing I plan to do on my old PC as my main PC, at least. 
Um, I could have probably swapped things around and recorded the podcast later, but considering I had enough to, to like topics to talk about on the podcast, I would rather get this out of the way now and then um, reorganize later. The big reason why is I think what's probably going to happen is I'm going to completely disassemble my desk area. That includes um, my not only my PC that's over here, but also the consoles I have, all the wiring I have. I want to take all of it out redo it. Am I going to do a great job of it? Probably not. I'm probably going to be bad at it, but it'll be good to go ahead and give like a cleaning back there too. And I think I might go back to kind of having a more, I don't know if permanent console setup is the right word, but having a a console setup where I have particular spaces for certain consoles that, that kind of fit better. Um, is it going to be a perfect solution? No, but right now I have a lot of my consoles like over there on the other side of the room for me. And that area in particular is a little crowded right now. So I would like to, to thin up that shelf a bit. And so, and just get some stuff over here and get it in like the proper, like a good section over here for it. So I'm going to probably go ahead and try to rewire this weekend. And, you know, depending on when I finish editing this podcast, um, maybe that starts tonight. Maybe that starts tomorrow. I'm not quite sure yet, but that'll be when I start like switching things around and, and hopefully getting things put back together. And hopefully by the end of this weekend, I will have a completely reworked and rewired setup. I hope it doesn't take more than a day, but we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, a little update to last week, though. I did mention like I was going to go to Goodwill to get um, monitors because I, I wanted to replace two of my monitors that I have. And surprising to me, I mean, it's been a little bit since I've been to Goodwill, but like probably uh, two years ago, I went to Goodwill and they had a pretty like hefty number of monitors on their um, their shelves. And and I was always like surprised by how many were there, which is why I was like, oh, yeah, I just run out to Goodwill and get like a 1080p monitor. Finally, they were completely sold out of monitors at I think I went to two different locations. Admittedly, it's not a ton, but at the two locations I went to. They were completely sold out. They had TV still there, but that's not what I was looking for. So ultimately, I decided I was going to go ahead and replace one of my main monitors, the HP I got as like a hand-me-down. And I'll take this HP in the other room where I set up my other PC for like a secondary stream station. And then the 900p monitor above me is just going to stay there. So there's a little update the last week. I have the monitor behind me, behind the green screen. So it'll come up here. And, and and replace this one. It is technically like a gaming monitor. It was like one of the cheaper ones. It is Acer, so I guess that's kind of like a brand name. My other one's like an AOC or something like that. Ock, I don't, I don't know how you pronounce it. I think it's a Taiwanese brand. Um, I don't know um, where Acer is, is from for that, but it was like fairly reasonable. And I figured, you know, I probably, right now I use my HP as my main monitor and I probably shouldn't do that. Um, I probably should use one of the gaming monitors, so... Go ahead and put this one in place. It doesn't match my current monitor, like in terms of aesthetics, but it was like a hundred dollars cheaper than that. So happy, happy to like get that price down um, a, a bit for that. So uh, otherwise, the only thing I've really done with my new PC outside of setting stuff up, duplicating stream settings and things like that is uh, I ran the Final Fantasy XI benchmark on there out of curiosity. I don't remember what the score was. I wasn't really paying attention it might have been like 17,000 or something, um, which I think is like almost two times the amount of like the the what would be the like ultra setting or whatever for, for Final Fantasy XI. I don't know for sure, though. The, the game, like how it it doesn't actually show you like the number at the end of the benchmark, um, but it will like um, like. Well, yeah, it doesn't really show you anything. You basically just have to look at the number before it closes out, basically. And once it closes out, 
at least there's no like really obvious visual cue of like this was what your score was on your PC. So I just kind of guesstimated based off what I saw for that. Um, it was actually the um, <laughs> one of the fun things with like the Final Fantasy XI benchmark is that I always remember seeing it like running on PCs at like local computer stores and stuff. So I always think about that whenever I see that benchmark running. It is benchmark three. There are actually two other benchmarks. I don't know if those are preserved. I should go check. Um, what's it called? Archive archive.org and see if those are preserved because the, the what they do is different. Uh, the case of the third benchmark, I believe it's set in Chains of Promethea. Um, and it uses like a bunch of Taru Tarus who run around and stuff and cheer and all this stuff. So it's just like a bunch of Tarus running everywhere and it just basically tracks, you know, your performance. Does the benchmark. Does the benchmark thing. So there's those three, those three benchmarks. I only remember one of them. I think one of them really focused on Windurst, if I recall correctly. Maybe the first benchmark. Um, and then, uh, there's also the Final Fantasy 14 benchmark for 1.0. Uh, I haven't actually tried to install that on there yet. I actually don't know if I have the file somewhere. I, I feel like I probably have the file somewhere, although I might just grab it off the internet and just mess around with it and be like, yeah, let me see if like I can get through the Leviathan water splash. So in, like the benchmark for Final Fantasy 14 1.0 is the Limsa Lamenta opening where Leviathan or, or, well, no, it wasn't Leviathan, sorry, because they like, for some reason, they avoided like all those like recognizable names in 1.0, but it was like some kind of sea serpent Maybe it was Midgar Swarmer or something like that. Um, maybe not. I don't remember. Don't big sea dragon thing. Um, goes over the boat and like a bunch of water droplets come down. And even on my current PC, which I got like, you know, nearly six years after Final Fantasy 14 1.0 launched, um, it still dropped frame rates on that. Not that bad. It was like two or three frames. Um, so maybe we can get through that that scene without dropping a single frame. Just that the smooth 60 frames per second. I'll be ready for whenever the 1.0 fan-made servers go up. Ready to go for that. I actually haven't checked in on them recently. They There is like a group that is trying to like remake 1.0. Um, unfortunately, it seems like a incredibly massive task. And I don't know like where they're at in that progress. But the impression I get is that it won't be done anytime soon. And it hasn't been anywhere near done for a very long time. Um, I feel like it's been at least five years since people started working on it. Um, so... Yeah, it was pretty close after uh, 2.0's launch. I remember seeing like people starting to get that thing, trying to set it up and get it moving. So anyways, so that's PC stuff. So nothing really new there, but hopefully next week I'll be all shifted over. I'm sure I'll tell you next week on the podcast if that's not the case. <laughs> anyways, getting into some news. Uh, a couple of news stories here. Um, one I'm sure you definitely have heard about. The other one, maybe not so much. Um, we'll start with the one that is maybe most relevant to this podcast, uh, Prepara games in the arcades. You know, they're very similar to Aikatsu, that kind of like fashion rhythm setup, Love and Berry, um, to some degree a Tokadol. Tokadol is a different thing, but those Prepara like rhythm fashion games, uh, apparently the older versions of those games will be shutting down. Um, I talked about them a little bit last week with the new games that have like the specialized cards, um, but in the old ones, I actually think I have some cards here because I think I played a little bit while I was in Japan. Um, the old ones uh, will, will no longer be serviced, I think, as of March. And they said they're going to remove all the machines probably in late February, um, with the exception of apparently, uh, I think it's like Takatomi or something like that is the toy company name who owns the rights to it. Um, I think they have like a special Prepara store in Japan. I forget what it's called. Maybe it's called Prism Stone or something. Um, and the, uh, they'll be leaving some of the machines there. Apparently, I don't know in what state, if it's like without network play or what, but apparently they're going to keep some machines there. 
And uh, yeah, so that is shutting down. So alongside of Tokadol, there's another uh, uh, fashion game uh, death happening. I don't think Aikatsu has seen the same like purge yet in terms of their previous iterations. The new Aikatsu also uses new cards. So it is kind of like a cutoff point for that series. So if they didn't already shut down, I'd imagine at some point those previous ones will. And those cards will be useless. Um, or at least I assume they're not used in the newer arcade machines. I never got into pre-par myself. I think aesthetically, there's just something I don't like about it. Maybe the characters are just a little too round for my for my liking. Their eyes just also look a little weird to me. Um, they kind of remind me of lemmings, like humanoid lemmings, I guess. Uh, so I don't love how they look, but I never played the game, so I haven't really ever given it a shot. Well, I only played it a little bit while I was in Japan, but not like enough to really know what was going on. I think I maybe played like two rounds, but I was really invested in Aikatsu and then mostly Atokadol. Um, Aikatsu was just my backup if I couldn't find an Atokadol machine, basically. And, uh, and so yeah, those, that, that's a series I never really touched. Uh, there is like a Switch version of, of Prepara. I don't think it uses the cards in any way. It might have like a card functionality built into it to some degree. Like, you know, you can get card drops, but I don't know if, um, I don't think you can actually use any physical cards with that game, like, uh, Love and Berry on DS, where you have a, like, physical scanner that you're scanning cards into on your DS, essentially. Um, I did hear it was pretty all right, though. It is kind of pricey for a physical copy. I don't think they made a lot, and you could, but you can get it digitally, so you can buy it that way. So maybe someday I'll check it out. I have a lot of Aikatsu games, so I don't think I will. Recently, someone told me apparently the first Aikatsu game on 3DS is a little weird because they made it more like a home console experience kind of thing, or standalone experience maybe is the better word. It is a portable game on 3DS, but, you know, something that has more of a progression to it, um, where... It sounds like the later games on 3DS maybe try to mimic that arcade experience a bit more in terms of like the structure of the game. Um, to my understanding with Aikatsu, from what little I played of in Japan, you basically were like unlocking parts of an outfit essentially. And so you'd like get different like scrap pieces of paper and put them together to make a design of an outfit or something. I can't remember the reward for doing that, but I seem to recall that being something. And there's a story element to it too, if I remember correctly as well. So... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame to see those go, but that's just how it goes. Arcade games eventually fade out. I don't know how old those pre-part machines are, but probably a while now, or, or at least most of them are fairly old, I would think at this point. So, yes. Um, the story for every, that everybody's heard already, though, is the Activision Blizzard, uh, buyout from Microsoft. Microsoft bought them out for 68 point something billion dollars, something along those lines. Um, I will say this is something that I never really, um, I think a lot of people were not really thinking Activision Blizzard when it came to uh, publishers that Microsoft might purchase, but they did it. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say whether it's good or bad for the industry as a whole. There's a whole conversation around Game Pass, what that means. Um, you know, the like, like uh, what's it called where like companies come together? There's a word for it, but you know, the whole merging of companies in the industry. I know people feel certain ways about that. I don't really know enough about that stuff. I don't know enough about business things. Um, but you know, I think to some degree, you could probably look at what was happening with Activision in recent, um, months. I don't know if we really talked about it on the podcast that much. I probably didn't because mainly when like looking at the fact that it was being like legally pursued, I feel like maybe I was like, well, this is already kind of like moving through the courts and stuff. So we'll see what the like ultimate result was. And then it's still just moving through the courts and stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, there's just like a bunch of like sexual harassment scandals and things like that at the company and generally just sounding like people not being kind people in general. 
Um, so it's been an ongoing thing and people have been asking for Bobby Kotick to step down and he's been holding out saying he's not going to basically. So, um, it really probably just makes sense for them to get out of it. Um, although one thing I was not thinking about was, um, I think Jeff Grubb at Giant Bomb or Games Beat or both kind of, um, he had mentioned the fact that like Activision had consolidated their like development teams to one single IP. And the the fact of the matter was, is that at some point, you know, they were going to have to try to break out of that. Otherwise, you know, Call of Duty won't be forever, right? So I thought that was a kind of interesting point that I didn't think too much about, that they more or less just were so honed in on profits that they basically um, refined themselves down to this single point and that it just doesn't look like there's maybe like a amazing future for the organization because they are so behind this one property, right? And the shooter genre probably has more competition than ever before. Uh, although Call of Duty still does very well. I haven't looked in to see like how the sales numbers have been trending over time, but I think people do pretty actively pick up games. Um, I, I always hesitate to like rely on my memory of like recent like press releases that Activision put out because some of those are worded in a way that are weird. They're like, oh, this is the fastest selling one. But like maybe the tail end's not as quick or or they have some other excuse for other other quantifier to be like, oh, this is the best in this regard. But it makes it sound like it's selling like super well when it might not necessarily be selling as well as the last one kind of thing. They'll find little ways to tweak that message where if they still want to tell you the numbers but make it sound really good, they will do that. Um, obviously, below a certain... F- threshold there's only so much you can do with that but um yeah so there's that and then also there's just like the fact that the you know this company is so focused on call of duty and now hopefully if they if the transaction goes through with microsoft because it's not approved i think they said 2023 was like around when they're looking at kind of tying everything up um that that you would get the ability to access some of the like properties that Activision has um, under their belt. I don't know too many properties that Activision has. I, I know they have some weird localizations of games that I've I've played, like Lost Kingdoms. Um, I, feel, I feel like Draconis might fall under that. No, Treyarch is under under um, Activision, but Crave Entertainment published Draconis. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they own, uh, own Die by the Sword. I haven't looked it up online. I'm pretty sure you can buy Die by the Sword online. I You cannot buy Draconis online. Well, you can buy the Dreamcast version of the game, um, but there is no other version of that game as far as I'm aware. So they are not selling modern versions of Draconis on Dreamcast, unfortunately. <laughs> but you can buy it used. Um, so there's not a ton there that I think really applies to me, but it's one of those things that it's just really interesting to see where the industry is going in this regard and see this change, especially with the fact that like Microsoft has been so much on their back foot for so long. And I still feel like even with all these acquisitions, Microsoft still feels like they're on their back foot all the time when regards to like being able to put out like good video games. <laughs> um, so like, it, it's interesting to see this like dumping of money yet we haven't seen any payoff yet and maybe it just hasn't been long enough but i feel like i've been saying for years this is the year microsoft's gonna show us something cool 
and they have yet to really do that much of that. It's still like Forza, Halo, and Gears, Forza, Halo, and Gears, and that's kind of it. So hopefully this gives them more opportunity to do some interesting things outside of just Call of Duty with the Activision IPs. Uh, but, you know, we're not going to see anything out of that for a very long time, probably. And and I would imagine, like, that they will probably stick to Call of Duty for the next year at the very least and focus mostly on that. Although, I don't know if Toys for Bob, um, what they're doing. I think they did the Crash 4 release, although I seem to recall Crash 4 maybe not selling as well as Activision was hoping. So I don't know what they would do after that. There's this, so there's this quote, um or this interview that was done by GamesBeat uh, by some dude. And it's like the most like softball interview. And that's why people were talking about it because it is a very softball interview with Bobby Kotick. I'm going to guess that that was like a criteria for them, like to actually interview Bobby Kotick was, was being like, Hey, you know, no hard questions basically. Um, And they really wanted to get, you know, that uh, uh, interview in place for this, for this deal. Um, but there's this really fascinating quote in there by Bobby Kodak where he's <laughs> more or less just like talks about how everyone ruined the toys to life like uh, industry except for them. They're like, we had something so good going on. And then all these low quality toys to life uh, uh, competitors came in and ruined the market. <laughs> and and like, so, I don't know, something's like made me laugh thinking about like Bobby Kodak just being like Amiibo shit. Skylanders or not Skylanders, uh, Lego Dimensions, garbage, like Disney Infinity, trash. We would have been, we would have been living large with Skylanders if none of them came about. Um, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I feel like there's like no appetite for Toys to Life at all anymore. And I don't think that has anything to do with the fact that it was saturated. I'm sure it helped accelerate the death of that market, but, um, yeah. It was kind of just funny to see him just like throw everyone under the bus and be like, we were doing fine. Then everybody came in and messed it up. So, so yeah. But yeah, people were pretty upset about that interview because um, they, they really didn't really talk that much about, you know, all the other allegations going on at the company, which I definitely get. Like video game journalism and interviews and stuff are a weird thing that aren't really like real journalism most of the time. Um, and, you know, I will always say, and, 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 and I assume like this dude might have a, the dude who conducted the interview probably had a similar thing of just like, I do not feel qualified to like cover a lot of this stuff that is like the real serious stuff in the game industry. I don't know anything about, you know, unions and all that stuff. And it would, I feel like it would be really, um, irresponsible for me to sit there and just like start saying stuff without knowing anything about it. So I will like talk about it and mention it, but I try very hard to say like, Hey, I don't know anything. I don't want to sit there and tell you what you should or should think about that stuff. But the fact that like the legal system was going after <laughs> Activision probably paints a pretty bad picture of it. I would think. Um, and the, the stuff that came out of there was pretty, pretty damning about not only Activision, but some degree Bobby Kodak. I, I think it's, it's more of just like, if I recall correctly with Kodak, it's more just the fact that he like knew about it and didn't really do anything about it. So, and he was, oh, he's an enabler, right? Kind of thing. So I don't like have any real strong thoughts on that beyond probably whatever you feel about it. Honestly, um, I have my own personal feelings, but I don't want to sit here and like talk down at you about it being like, oh yes, you should feel this way kind of thing. I'm just a dude who plays video games. I don't know anything about that stuff. <laughs> so yeah, news intermission.
It's Patreon time. I don't know why I'm doing beeping noises. I don't know. <laughs> is that is that now the Patreon transition, I guess? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's Patreon time. Hey, one thing I should probably do, and I should try to keep up this with this every week, is mention the names of people on Patreon. I, although I will say, I don't know if that is actually, like, appropriate, I guess. I guess contact me and let me know if that's the case. I don't know. I think Paul Daniel would not mind me mentioning him. There's also someone called Discreet. That seems like a very discreet username. I don't know if that's a username or if that is just them hiding their identity. <laughs> but those are the two Patreon people right now. And what do those two Patreon people get? Oh, they get, they got a video this week on me trying very hard to unbox a PC and doing a very bad job of it. Um, and then also uh, they got the ability to ask a Patreon question to which we did not receive a Patreon question this week. So you know what that means? Questions from levelskip.com. And uh, I will say I do not particularly like this week's question, but that's why there's Patreon. Answer, ask me a better question. This week we have, have you ever wanted to live in a world from a game? Um, or, oh, the question is just, have you ever wanted to? I read that as, um, which world do you want to live into? So the answer to their direct question is probably no. I actually kind of, like, outside of the stuff that happens as bad, right? Like, I generally like the real world and, like, like my, my role in the real world I don't think I would be like a particularly great person at going into fantasy land and being like, all right, I'm a cow, I'm cowboy bebop and then go and like hunt people. Right. I don't think that's me. I'd probably just be another dude working in that world. <laughs> um, so I'm going to do like kind of a cheap answer to this. And I think that I, and this is kind of a weird one. I don't know if people would expect that I would say this, maybe like the first MMO for sword art online um to some degree which i don't know even that i feel iffy about but like the i think the reason why i think this is because i do like the world of that initial sort of online mmo despite it being very generic fantasy based minus the part where you die in the game you die in real, real life right um but but like i think what i like about that world is that it does feel like there is a um Everyone in that game has a role in a way that feels like important, even if they are a combatant. And I feel like that is like a, a nice thing about that game, that game world. Uh, maybe I'm like tinted by Hollow Fragment and how it portrays the world. I'm a I'm a big fan of how Hollow Fragment portrays the portrays the original sort of online story and that original MMO. I think it's a better way that it portrays the world than the original. Well, the the anime, I should say. I haven't read the light novel, um, and and I like the like different aspects of life that game shows because it has a lot of time to do that. Maybe the light novel does that too. I don't know, but the game itself does some nice stuff with that. And I feel like there's like a nice aspect to like how um, individuals get like exp and stuff from like doing crafting and stuff like that. I don't know. This is stupid. And this question's stupid. I don't like it, but there's my answer. <laughs> Thank you, levelskip.com, for yet another poor quality question. I feel like um, we will try again next week. Hopefully, get something cool. Hopefully, get something that's like just a normal video game question. Because, like, I don't really like these ones that are like, what, who is your favorite best friend video game character kind of thing. And there are those kind of questions on the list that are like, here are video game questions that you can ask yourself and answer um, or ask other people is what it asks. Um, and they're like just normal video game questions, but these ones I've been getting, they've been kind of like, 
reaching out in a way I'm not really interested in. I'm not a big fan of like uh, daydreaming about other worlds or something like that, right? So that question doesn't really make well with me. But anyways, so if you want to ask Patreon question, Patreon post will go up on Monday. Just go ahead and leave a comment of what your question will be. You can put it there. Otherwise, I'll pull yet another level skip question and we'll answer that next week. Um, there is also this upcoming week a Xenosaga episode uh, three article reading. So that's me reading through my old review of Xenosaga episode three, providing some commentary on it and stuff like that. So if you're curious about not only my terrible feelings about Xenosaga episode three back then, um, maybe not terrible, maybe just poorly written is the better word. Um, then you can go, uh, uh, listen to that and you can listen to me tear into myself about Xenosaga episode three. Um, just sort of a reminder, uh, I think a couple weeks ago, I mentioned this on the podcast, Kamimimi did a, um, a Xenosaga episode three article that I, I mentioned on or quoted on or quote retweeted on Twitter. And, uh, that's a really good article that I think sums up a lot of my feelings about Xenosaga three. So I'll link that in the description for the, for the podcast. So you go listen or go look at that. If you want real opinions on Kamimimi or on Xenosaga episode three, go read Kamimimi's article. It's very well written and I think hits a lot of the points I have. If you want to hear me trash on myself <laughs> um, about Xenosaga episode three, go uh, subscribe to the Patreon at the $5 level. You get bonus content at that level. You also get the PC unboxing video, previous article readings, all that stuff, um, and all that good time. And that will be there. For you. News intermission complete. Back to news. Hey guys. Nintendo 64 games still coming out on the Nintendo Switch Online. Um, I think they announced this before and I don't know if we touched on it, but Banjo-Kazooie was announced for Nintendo Switch Online or they announced the, the time frame which, which it would release. It has now released, so that is out. Um, they also announced uh, this month that uh, Majora's Mask will be coming out next month. Um, so that will be coming up. So one interesting thing, though, um, I think the I think the general consensus is that Banjo plays fine on uh, Nintendo Switch Online, um, maybe closer to like some of the other games that are not Super Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time. However, interestingly enough, they did patch Ocarina of Time slightly. Um, I, I went and had a little bit of trouble finding information about this initially, but eventually I saw ZFG or ZFG posted about it, which is like one of the top speedrunners in Ocarina of Time. So he is a, a kind of authority to some degree on there. I didn't see any posts by Mr. Cheese, which I also uh, check in on, but Mr. Cheese, it seems like his Twitter's a little dormant right now. Um, or at least there was not a ton of posts about a lot of stuff. Anyways, um, so what they did in that patch was they slightly improved the uh, Dark Link battle room. It still does not look great, but it looks like there's water on the ground now. <laughs> so that's an improvement. It just does not look like it does not look like the same water still. It still looks like rocky in a way that it doesn't look it shouldn't look. Um, they also haven't fixed the fog yet either. And apparently they have reduced the input latency as well. It is still apparently not good, but we're talking about, you know, speedrunner standards standards there, which would be, you know, a bit higher. I will say when I played it initially, I could very much tell there's a lot of delay in playing that game. Um, and so I'd be curious to see um, how much of an improvement it is. There wasn't really any exact data that I saw out there, just a feeling that it was slightly improved. So it sounds like maybe not the best way you want to play it still, but people have been playing that game on there and I've been tweeting and streaming it and all that stuff and seem to be enjoying it. So, you know, as long as that's the case, then life goes on 
enjoy that. I'm surprised they even bothered to patch it. I didn't say that they had any updates to other games. It sounds like there was maybe like a Yoshi boss fight that had some problems in Yoshi's story. And I think that may have been addressed as well. I don't remember for that one, so don't quote me on that one. But I have a link to ZFC, ZFG's comments about Ocarina of Time in the description, though. And then the last news story here is that also in February, there will be a Shenmue anime. I think we may have talked about the Shenmue anime recently, but I did watch the trailer for that. Everything I saw in that trailer looked like it came from Shenmue 1. The only thing that made me question it slightly is the key art reminds me a little bit of Shenmue 2, but it's not exactly like, you know, it uh, doesn't line up exactly as far as I can tell. I didn't actually go like put pictures side by side, but just like the, the look of it is like, like kind of like orange Kowloon city kind of um, area you end up in and all that stuff. So I thought maybe that was uh, relevant, but all of, all of the, uh, that they showed seems to be um, um, from the first game so far. I have no interest in a Shenmue anime, to be honest with you. Um, I like Shenmue a lot. I am, like, glad they continued the story of Shenmue, and, like, to some degree, I want them to continue the story of Shenmue, but that's not what's important to me. I don't care about, like, the story of Ryo Hazuki that much. Like, on a basic level, I have some interest, but I don't care. Like, it, it just, the Shenmue story is not strong enough. It's about the world building and stuff like that instead, I think, is the bigger thing. So... Um, I may be talking about Shinmu sometime in the near future, and by near future, you know how that is with me, it'd be, like, potentially months away, so don't take that as, like, next week there's gonna be some Shenmu talk on, on the, the, the channel, but there may be some Shenmu stuff coming up here, I'm gonna get closer to finalizing it before I get a bit more detail about that, but for now, if you're a Shenmu fan, keep an eye out, it's gonna be a podcast, probably, most likely, I probably would not do anything Shenmu related that's not a podcast right now, so, yes, um and then yeah that's kind of it for the new stuff this week i think i don't think i have any really other big updates other than just i'm ready to tear this whole desk apart i've been living in like a computer mess for like a week and i'm done i'm done with this computer mess i want it to be gone <laughs> i got a pc here pc here i'm an idiot and got another pc from the the office because i couldn't get this pc working for windows xp so i was like man this other one will work out fine dummy why would you do that? Why would you do that? So I just need to organize stuff, get stuff pulled together and rewire it. I'm ready. And I'm somebody who's like maybe not like a ton OCD about like clean cleanliness, but it does start to bother me when stuff's just around and I just need stuff to be put away after a whole week kind of thing. So hopefully get it back together. Um, in terms of upcoming content, though, uh, last week there was a Sonic and the Black Knight uh, uh, community review clip that went up. I I don't think I tweeted about it, so I'll tweet about it this weekend, hopefully, um, and remember to do that. Um, and then also, next week, there's going to be a Cabela's um, uh, casual review going up for uh, The Shadow of Cotmite, the Wii game specifically, although I do talk about the PS3 version a little bit that we streamed. Um, so there'll be a casual review for that going up. And then I really need to get working on Nintendoji stuff. So after that, hopefully we have the uh, the next multi-tap podcast going up. It's pretty much all edited. I really need to sit down and work on it. It really should have been this weekend that I finalized it. We'll see how quickly I get my PC stuff put back together. Um, but if not, then next week I'm going to have to really spend some time on it to make sure everything's trimmed up, prim and proper, put together, ready to go for that. Um, and then we tried to finish up Parasite Eve this week. Did not work out. We're stuck on the last boss. 
um, or one of the last bosses, I guess I should say. Um, so I got to, um, I, I got some advice from somebody in the YouTube comment section, but that requires me to go and do some more stuff to do that. It's not that bad, but I would need to do some backtracking. I will have to think about that this week and whether I go do that and prep that. Um, I did go ahead and kind of adjust my loadout. And so hopefully I can scrape by with just that. If I don't get the chance, I would prefer to just get through with what I have rather than go and like try to build an optimal, you know, build or something like that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and then hopefully after that, we'll be doing some kind of like Nintendo G stream. Um, in terms of, uh, stream games, I did post a Patreon, uh, post on, on getting some stream game recommendations. I didn't get any from there. Um, I'm still not really 100% sure how I want to handle the Patreon stream stuff. I do know, like, at some point when there's enough people, it makes sense to probably do, like, a poll for voting. But at this moment, like, it doesn't, and nobody contributed yet. So, you know, if, if nobody on the Patreon is contributing to that for now, I'll just kind of run my operations per usual for now. Um, so I'm thinking Evergrace. I think I want to play Evergrace right now. So we'll see how I feel as the coming weeks come up. First, we'll worry about finishing up Parasite Eve. I may have to do a couple test streams this next upcoming week or so just to make sure my my PC is set up uh, properly to do that. I don't know how long this will be, how actual content they will be, or if they'll just be me like, you know, sending a stream to Twitch for like five minutes and hoping it works out. So I'll have to mess around with that and see. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a busy week, unfortunately. So uh, also worth noting that uh, at least I have been kind of preemptively accepted into the Level Up Expo for a panel. Um, right now it's scheduled for Friday afternoon um, or evening, maybe. So um, they I don't think they have made an official schedule yet, but I need to also reply to them, actually. So I'll go ahead and do that. Um, so I will have to go ahead and start putting that panel together. And I still got to work on a Nintendo G video. Uh, it'd be wonderful if I didn't give myself so much stuff to do all the time. <laughs> We're also doing like an office move right now too. So that's extra, extra stress. And then everybody's kicking up stuff at work. So it's time to move forward on that stuff. Also kicking back into making some changes to the workflow at work. I won't get into work stuff. That's it though. Thanks for coming. OneControlBoard.com is the website. Like I said, if you want to get some extra bonus content like podcasts, maybe videos and other stuff, patreon.com is there for you at one control report on there as well otherwise we'll be streaming again on thursday at 7 p.m pacific time trying to finish up parasite eve um and then look out for cabela's on uh wednesday yeah wednesday look out for cabela's on wednesday i may shift when i put those posts out because it's a problem when i'm out at home on wednesdays because that's my work day well my go into the office day at work so anyways i'm gonna shut up Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your life. Have a great week. Bye.